This is The New Digital Customer, a podcast that brings you insightful and inspiring conversations with customer-focused leaders who are transforming and innovating customer experience. And now your hosts, the CEO of Brightloom, Adam Brotman, and Chief Product Officer, Ben Straley. Hey, everybody, this is Ben. And this is Adam, and uh, I am stoked to have my friend Rodney Hines join us here today. Rodney uh, worked with both Ben and myself at Starbucks and is now the co-founder, CEO, and chief mission guy, I hope I got that right, at Medier Brewing Company. Uh, Medier is a really cool mission-driven brewery in the Seattle area, in Woodenville, actually. Hey, Rodney, welcome. Hey, guys. I, I, I still have your theme music going through my head. It's kind of beautiful. <laughs> That's right, it'll stick with you. <laughs> Um, hey, Rodney, seriously, thanks for being here. Can you can you tell our millions of listeners a little bit more about yourself and about Medier? Uh, yeah. Uh, so I think what's what I love about <laughs> what I love about me, it's just funny to say, uh, and, and the integration and what Medier is all about is that I think we both are driven deeply by purpose and intention. Uh, and I and I aspire through like knowing folks like Ben and Adam and the folks I've been sort of had the fortune of working with over the years. I aspire to live a life of pure integrity, uh, and that comes through with what we're doing with the brewery. So uh, a little bit about how I got into this brewery, just in a snippet. Uh, I've been a home brewer uh, since college, so a couple of decades. And I also love checking out cool spaces. Uh, and when I did a semester in England, I spent time in pubs. I actually had classes in pubs. And I saw that culture, discourse, conversation, social change can happen in a space like a pub. And that stayed with me since college. And then combining that with beer, uh, it took me to creating uh, a tapering company. That is, uh, that is very cool. Um, and, and as you've uh, been sort of going through this journey, Rodney, can you talk a little bit about um, how the pandemic has uh, impacted your business, your brand, the relationships that you're that you have with uh, with the customers that you see day in and day out? Yeah, what well, was so we've been in existence since June 2018. So we would have celebrated. Uh, we did celebrate two years in July. The. Um, and we were on this planned and uh, great upward trajectory coming into 2020. Uh, and in fact, in February, we had this kick-ass party that launched our Trailblazer Pale Ale, uh, which is supports uh, a program named after uh, a legend in cycling, African-American legend in cycling, uh, and supports a, a local group that gets kids into cycling. But we had in February this great party with a couple hundred people. Uh, and out of that, I think within days and moments, COVID hit. And we went from this massive high to like, we're going to survive this, we think. Uh, and it just, it took our, it part, partly took our soul and spirit away. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it, that happened, but I will say, I know we'll get into it with your questions here. Our customer base has been loyal and it's actually grown. And so we had to figure out how to pivot. And we talked to experts like 
Adam and others out there about how do we leverage technology to continue to move forward. And so we did a couple of major shifts in how we, like everyone else, how we do business. That's, right. no, sorry, oh, go ahead, Adam. Well, I was just going to say, you know, it's, can you t- talk to us, first of all, lay the groundwork for, for Ben and I and our, and our listeners about what the channels are that you engage with your customers digitally. I mean, we're, we're going to take some, we're going to take this podcast, you know, into a more kind of mission and culture and content driven topic than we have probably any time before, but let's just start with the basics. Like, you know, what are your digital channels either to transact with your customers or to engage with your customers? Yeah. Uh, in February, I mean, go before COVID, it was purely our website and some, and we had, you know, maybe a thousand or so folks in Instagram about the same on Facebook, but those were the three places. And then now coming um, with COVID, we had to pivot. And so we started to use, we, we joined with talk. And so we use talk for our reservations. Mm-hmm. Um, we created our own, our own online ordering system. Um, we also, uh, we also beefed up our presence in social media. And then we also started to use YouTube for videos. And I could talk to you how we took the experience of being here to our customers and the public in their homes. Yeah, and talk, that's talk, where, yeah. yeah sorry, sorry, Ronnie. Yeah. Talk, talk a little bit about where you probably were, where you were going there. Talk a little bit about the content, like around, you know, YouTube, Instagram, you know, what, what has been your content strategy? You know, how much of it's been about beer and about, you know, community, where have you, where have you waded into your mission or politics I and mean, give us a sense of that. Okay. And I do, I should, I feel like I'm in a vice presidential debate where I'm like, I hear your question, but I'm going to tell you what I want to tell you. But I, just for a second, I do need to call thank, out. Thank, uh, thank you, Rodney. Thank you, Rodney. <laughs> Ben, Ben, it's your turn. Ben, it's your turn. I think Rodney was speaking. <laughs> okay. The, um, I do want to, I need to acknowledge my team. Uh, and so when I, you're asking me something and I, I feel like I'm responding and it's coming through from me, but, you know, I have a co-founder in this business, Todd, uh, and then I've got a great general manager and this phenomenal taproom uh, manager in Bailey. Uh, and a great brewer. So we've got a whole team that I will rely on with how we do all of this stuff. So just want to call that out. Uh, now to answer your question, what, what was your question? <laughs> so <it's>, give, give, <laughs> us a, give us a sense of, um, okay, you mentioned you've got online reservations, you've got online ordering, you've got Instagram, uh, Facebook, YouTube. Talk about the content, you, your content strategy a little bit. And when, when are you, how are you using YouTube and Instagram, for example? What kind of content are you putting on there? And how are you balancing talking about your beer and talk, versus talking about other mission-driven or, or uh, culture-driven aspects of what, what matters to you in the brewery? Okay. So when COVID hit, what my directive to the team and to myself was let's deliver the experience of being here at the brewery to our customers in their homes and to new customers around the world. And so how do we, how do we do that? And uh, for those of you who've been into the brewery, the first thing you see when you come into our space is our mission statement. And our mission starts with our product to brew damn good beer and to build stronger community to inspire bigger dreams for all. Now, how do you take that virtually so that people feel us, know us, and feel a part of us? And, you know, we we started with a um, beer tastings. We're like, all right, 
uh, we would, how do we have people have a beer with us? Uh, and so our brewer, Michael and I did the first couple ons, and then we expanded and include other members of our team, but we would talk about a, a new release of our beer. Uh, and Michael and I would sit there with beers in hand and talk through and have this fun conversation about this is the beer that you can enjoy. And it even started with like, all right, I'm going to open up the can right now. I'm going to give you a second. You open up your own can and just experience this beer with us. And so we've been doing those, releasing those probably every 10 days or so. Uh, and then we started, we had a new product. We were testing out this hop tonic. Uh, we have a cold brew. So it wasn't just our beer, but it was our non-alcoholic stuff that we would do. So we did that and we put that on YouTube. And then we had a, we have music here. So once, twice a month, we have live music, mostly singer-songwriters, some bands, and we had a schedule of them um, through the summer. And so we said, let's test this. Let's let's reach out to Kim Archer, who's from Tacoma, and say, uh, Kim, you're scheduled for this Saturday. Let's do a concert with you. And she's like, I'm in Mexico, but I can do this. I'm like, sweet. We could come to Mexico and do it with you, but we could <laughs> do it remote. And so, and then, so we paid her, which we we, we, would, we should, and we found a way to so that she can get tips through the customers coming in and watching this for like two hour time. Uh, so we continue to look at how do we deliver that experience uh, as if you were with us, but we're going to be with you virtually. That is so cool. And, and what it... So now let's talk about something that I think you could help. I mean, you can certainly help me learn about, and and I'm sure many others. Which is, you you are a, you are literally like one of the world's experts when it comes to thinking about community, uh, corporate social responsibility, um, uh, you know, you know, culture and and mission uh, for a brand, and how do you bring that to life in a way that is sustainable and authentic and you know, you, at the same time, we, we live in a world where, you know, we're incredibly polarized. There's a lot of, um, you know, people that get offended easily or take a lot of things personally, uh, that are different from how someone else might view something. And, you know, how have you approached that as a, as someone who's an expert in the space, but now it's your business, it's your company, you know, you and your team's business. How have you, you know, first of all, have you taken your kind of your own advice or do you find yourself having to sort of pull back and think about things differently because it's your business versus giving someone else advice? And what are some examples of things where you've, you know, put yourself out there and, and how it's gone? Yeah, the, um, I think early on with this business, I quickly realized that our success is tied to, um, how intentional we are with everything we do uh, to the point that I, I do question myself at times because I, you know, like, I I get the team looking at me as like, seriously, dude, we're going to do trivia and you want us to think about our mission when well, we're going to do a trivia night. And it's like, yeah, I mean, how is how are we coming through? And so I think the I did take my own advice. And as we looked at um, as we look at the messages we were putting out there, I thought about what was I, what was I waking up to every day? Um, what was that pain, the sadness, the hope that I felt uh, at times? And I can't, I mean, my advice to anyone, and I think it's the advice of leaders, is that 
for your business to be successful and uniquely you, you need to bring yourself to the business. You don't sort of bifurcate life and business. Uh, and we didn't. And so if I look at our top 10 Instagram posts um, for the last eight months, uh, I was just counting them up earlier. I think eight or nine of the posts had some sort of social justice purpose tied to them or elevating other people. It wasn't necessarily product driven. Uh, and so one of our, you know, our, and one was actually unique. The, the one that has gotten the, the most hits in the last eight months was done in March. And it was two photographs, one of the empty tap room and one of a busy beer hall, our busy beer hall um, from one of our parties. And I think part of the comment that we wrote in there uh, was our hearts are full. And this was the day we decided to close the business to see what was going on with COVID. And we had tested doing um, online orders. We, we were actually doing delivery to homes. And I saw the toll and the risk that I was putting myself and our team in that I said, let's pause. Uh, and we put a message out there on Instagram and it got the most number of hits. Uh, and it also, I think it got some great commentary about our com our community, those who have been with us for years, but those who've been with us for a day saying that we're with you and we're gonna support you. Uh, so that's gotten the most hits. And then the range of all the others, those other nines is everything from the day I ran um, in behalf when others were running across the US and around the world, uh, run with Ahmed, Ahmad, I, I posted myself on a run and I questioned in that moment, is this my own personal Instagram account and other social media I'm going to put this on or should I put this on the brewery? And I felt the tie to put it on the brewery. And again, it got a, a huge number of hits. So we did one on uh, Brianna Taylor when the, when the judgment came out from the court there and uh, we had a faded picture of her and the words on top of that were not business as usual. And in the, the commentary section, we wrote, uh, may you rest in peace, Brianna, and we, and we not rest until we all know justice. And I remember I, I, I had a moment of, am I crossing, am I crossing over a, a, a safe zone by posting this? Uh, and I asked members of the team and we all like, this is what we feel. We know others are feeling this. We're going to post it. And we did have one, one customer sort of question us and say, you, you don't know all the facts. Um, you should reread the commentary that's been said about this case. And then within, and then we all looked at that post. Like I remember staring at it and questioning, how do I respond to this person? And within minutes, a customer, another white male customer responded, defending what we said, but doing it thoughtfully, carefully and saying, maybe you need to reread some of these facts. And this is what I saw. And what I've seen over the last two years is that we built up a community of customers that protect us in some ways, but also defend us. Did I answer your question? I think I did. Yeah, you, you did. I mean, it's like <laughs> okay. thought provoking. I, I, what would you say, whether it be that Brianna Taylor example or the, the other posts that kind of it felt what I heard you saying is that you were 
particularly because of COVID, but you, you found yourself being pushed or feeling the need to just post authentically from you and your company, things that just you felt in your heart. I mean, you even said it, our hearts are full, but like you, you sort of were posting from the heart is almost how I would describe what you were doing. And it wasn't scripted, but just like the trivia thing, it wasn't so much about being scripted, but it had to be authentic. It had to be from the heart. Um, that's what I'm hearing you say. What, what would you like looking like, you know, so you're still in the middle of it. So it's not like looking back, but like when yeah. you think about those examples, when you think about what you're going to do for the next three or four posts, are you starting to develop, you know, some advice you'd give others um, around, you know, how to wade into and not, not just political stuff or not just sensitive stuff, but even just mission cultural things that could, you know, get people to, you know, say something or, you know, be sensitive. What would your advice be? It is, it's, I think it starts probably marketing one-on-one. It starts with know your customers. Uh, and I think we have a good sense of who our customers are. It's, it's interesting because I think it's almost like concentric circles. Like I think we know immediately who our customers are, who are coming through our doors and they're a fairly diverse group of folks, families. Um, you know, it's interesting. I think it's consistently since open, the majority of our followers in social media have been women. Uh, and one other thing to note is early on in year one, the, um, we had the most social media buzz on our children's play area, which I'm like, okay, that's bizarre and weird, but it, it speaks to, I think the fact that the majority of our followers have always been women. And, and I love the moment of when I walk into the brewery and on any given day, there's a woman sitting alone or women sitting with other women. And I don't know how typical that is in a bar or a brewery space that women feel comfortable. Like I think about whenever I travel with colleagues and women, if they weren't dining with someone, they would sit in their hotel room and order in because they didn't feel safe going out. Um, but to feel like people feel safe coming here, um, that's, you know, that's a sense of like, all right, I know my customer. It's these folks. When I come out of that first sort of concentric circle and going out to the world that we're touching through social media, you know, I, I, I'm getting a good sense of who they are, but they're coming at us from all over the world. But I think if they're not connected to the product, they've they've sort of, in a way, commoditized, commoditized the product and that they're connected to our community. And our community, again, is our mission. And we actually put that out there loud and clear um, fairly often. Um, so it is, I think it is a consumer that is mission-led or driven with a social conscience. Um, but, I, but I also want to push because I'm like, all right, if the product isn't good, all this other stuff isn't going to do anything and it's not going to drive revenue for us. Um, so we do push a commentary around our award-winning beers. And yeah, so that's definitely is coming through, but it starts with knowing, knowing who you're serving, um, in the customer base that, I, that, you know, directs and guides us. And what, um, just listening to you talk about this running, one of the questions that I have sort of a follow-up to your question, Adam, how, how do you, or have you established sort of guardrails guidelines for, um, for tone or for topic or anything like that with, with either yourself or with the team that's engaging on socials or how do you, how do you, you know, ensure that you're not, you're not crossing any lines that you're not comfortable, uh, 
crossing as a as a business as a brand yeah um it's an, i do look at what others have done um particularly in this space around um bias in policing and some of the issues that have come up um with the pandemic it feels like this pandemic is is not just about covid but it's about social um yeah. justice and other things so I've looked at what others have done. And, and in some cases, I'm like, all right, we can't go there. I mean, you are, people are coming out um, and, and doing it under the moniker of their business and making these uh, bold emotional statements. And I'm like, and, and that's not who we are. And I, you know, I, I will, you know, celebrate those folks. Um, but who we are is um sort of what is the consistent just way of of putting our voice around concerns and issues out there um and it is and it's because i because i want it to not always solely be my voice I will check in with our taproom manager, Bailey, who is, you know, appropriate age for social media and other members of our team just to calibrate the tone and the voice. So it isn't just uniquely Rodney, um, but it is, you know, it's, it's odd. I mean, we come from brands where you, you have, you, you've got a customer base that is extremely broad and how do you not offend? And the, my, my big fear, I will, I will say my, I feel like we, in my head, we've been safe with some of the, the language we put out there. Um, but I also fear that if we become too safe, are we diluting who we are and what our message is? Um, so that constant calibration of the message and the consistency, consistency around it is critical. Yeah. Isn't that, I mean, again, I think it's appropriate for you being on Rodney and just the topic that we're going to kind of go kind of off script a little bit, but you know, that, that is, I, I know what you mean. I mean, I feel that same way just listening to you. I, I just think you, I bet a lot of people feel the same way right now, which is, I mean, no matter where you are on the political spectrum, no matter where, whatever there's, it's a, um, it's just, it just feels like a time where, um, you, you're wrestling constantly in your own head about like what's safe physically, what's safe emotionally, like, you know, can I, because of COVID, but also, you know, do, am I being too quiet? Am I speaking up too much? It's, it's just a really odd time. And so when I'm hearing you, I'm actually really relating personally, but also I imagine a lot of businesses are feeling the same way. Like, I don't want, you don't want to look back and be the business that didn't say anything if you were feeling it, but at the same time, you don't want to alienate other customers. It's just a really, it's a really trying time. And, um, and, uh, you know, we work together at Starbucks and I think, I mean, you taught me a lot, Rodney, when we worked at Starbucks about the the notion of, you know, staying positive, um, even if you're even if you're making a statement that might make others feel uncomfortable, stay in the zone of humanity, stay in the zone of love and positivity, you know, almost especially when you're when you're saying something that could potentially be taken out of context or offensive. So, you know, that's that's interesting to hear you kind of going through that. And I, I also can't help but just remark that listening to you, you know, we talk a lot about on the show about the importance of customer relationships and how that's not just a cliche term. You, you, I love how you said you get to, you know, you've created a comfortable, safe place, 
figuratively and, and, and literally for your customers, you know, your customers. And so, you know, you're, you're actually coming at your content, your digital content strategy from a place of relationship. Like I know yeah. this is the relationship I'm in. If I were to say too much or be too loud, that's not really the, that's not the relationship I'm in with my customer. I, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. The, the, um, all right, warning, as I've gotten older, I tell more stories. So yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm old. I love it. The, um, at one point, I can't remember what the post was. Um, but there was a, a, a white guy who, who responded on the post and he said he was vulnerable and it was, you know, it was on social media and he was vulnerable and he said, you know, I don't have a community that I can talk to um, about these issues of racial bias. And it was almost like a request to talk to us. And, and it caught me off guard. And it was another one of those posts that I had to sit and stare at for a second for, for minutes. Cause I'm like, all right, we're not going to be that place that people can come to with to unburden their racial bias and to have us be the, the one black person they know to talk to. Uh, so I reached out to my community um, and, and I, and just sort of softly, but not through social and said, yeah, I reached out to one, a guy, Tony, who's an expert in DNI and said, all right, what would you say to this person? What can I do? And Tony's like, he, his response was, um, Robin D'Angelo's book, uh, which I can't think of the name of, it might be white agility. Uh, and he's like, offer up that book. And I'm like, dude, sweet, nice. And so I went back to social media and I said to this guy and it left it up to everyone else to see is like, you know, it's, you might rather than trying to, I don't think I gave that much commentary, but it was like a directive to like, check out this book. It's a starting place for you. And hopefully this will be helpful to you. The, the white, uh, white, white fragility, that book, white fragility. Yeah. Yep. Not agility, but fragility. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so I, so it's, it's interesting that that guy who's a customer who I didn't really recognize, but who in social media felt comfortable asking of this and, and maybe it's comfort, but maybe it's also a privilege. Um, and I, you know, I went to my community and said, help me. I, I, I'm like, what can I say? And you know, someone in the community said, offer this up as a resource. And we did. And I think it got a little bit of buzz on that. So that's, that's uh, really cool. Like you, you were again, like the third example in your stories where you said in each of these stories, you're like, I stopped, I stopped and I looked at the post and I took a step back. I mean, I like that. I mean, that's, I mean, I, I know you're probably, you're not doing that on purpose, but it's, I'm just observing that, that, that is not, uh, some, some policy handbook you you're thinking you're taking it seriously um you're not knee-jerk reacting either way um but and, and then you're sort of you know you're thinking about what what's authentic and um what wh how, what's your relationship with your customers and who do you how do you want to show up what what now you're now i know tony i, I work with tony as well if, if you're referring to the same tony i remember and yeah. um you know he's world class and 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 so you're, you know, you're a world class, he's world class. What, what would you suggest to, to business brand marketers or business owners that don't have, you know, Rodney on, on speed dial, so to speak, um, or Tony on speed dial, you know, what, what, what do you, any, anything come to mind? I know I'm putting you on the spot. This wasn't on our, on our, on our prepared FAQ, but what would you suggest to people? You are putting me on the spot. The, um... <laughs> <laughs> if you need to, if you need to step back and think about it, it's okay, right? But, but <laughs> we can also edit this part out if you want. 
it's fun when you when you say it in that radio tone that you just did. I have to step back and think about it. I know I'm trying to go slow <laughs> so you can think, right? <laughs> you know, I, I think any one of us who has started up a business or if we're a part of leading a business, we may not in every moment be every moment be mindful of our network. But we each have a rich network with with that expands because of relationships. And I would say, and I said this to someone recently who, um, who was challenged with how, you know, diversity in his own team. And I, I, I said, dude, you, you got, you got a big network. I mean, go ask people and get out of your comfort zone and just like, you know, don't just send an email, give someone a call and say, can I talk to you about this? Uh, and more than likely people are open to the conversation. Uh, and so, I mean, Adam, you know, that I'll come to you and say, you know, I'm, I'm struggling with this. And I know that within your network, you're going to recommend one or two other people, mm -hmm. um, to talk to. And I think most people are willing to help, particularly a, a, a new emerging business. Um, but I, 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 get people, I would say, get out of the bubble of what you think of your immediate network and think of where your immediate network might have tentacles and elsewhere and, and just put the questions out there and go to them. And that's what I've been doing. Like today, today we're struggling with, we, we may need more cold storage for our canning because we're going into groceries and all. And so not tied to technology, but then I'm like, I, I had in my mind, there was someone who I spoke to at a soda, comp soda company. And I'm like, why haven't I reached out to him? And so we, we only had one or two conversations, but I can reach out to him. And the worst he can say is no. But he responded when I reached out and said, yeah, let's talk. And I'm like, yeah. And so I didn't immediately think of that as my immediate network, but he's there. Yeah, that makes sense. It's great advice. Do you, um, so now kind of, you know, Ben, let's, t let's maybe take this back a little bit, you know, closer to where we normally go on these calls. But I, I just want to say or on these podcasts, I, I just want to say that the, um, that's really great. And I, you know, when you, so let's flip it around for a second. You Rodney as the consumer, um, of other, you know, your, your relationship with other brands, you as a consumer of other brands, you know, can you give us some examples of, um, things that you're seeing other, other brands doing that you would like to point out that you think is pretty cool or pretty interesting, either during the pandemic that are kind of where digital became, you know, much more primary or just, in, or just in general. Yeah. So here, um, I'm going to bring it close to, I'll try to give examples both close to home and broader close to home, Christy Brown. Uh, she's got a business called that Brown girl cooks and she's opening up a restaurant soon. And, you know, I, I love when I see Christy Brown's social media posts because she's like driving in her car and she's talking about, you know, top of mind issue about her restaurant that needs to open up. And she's actually putting out there and asking for help on something she's grappling with for her restaurant. And she's putting it out there in social media. But what I love about Christy and probably all the examples I would give is the humanity that comes through the, um, the, the sort of self, not deprecation, but the sort of the selflessness that comes through too. Um, and, and how earnest it is. And so Christy is one who I'm like, you know, I, I feel what Christy is saying when I'm watching her video clips and her posts. Um, I'll go to another extreme. Um, the other extreme would be 
uh, Food 52. I think it's called Food 52. Um, Food 52, when I look at their social media and, and Instagram and other places, they, I mean, they, they show these beautiful uh, photos of food and recipes that I want to create, but then they break it down in a way that it's accessible to me. And I'm like, I get excited about like watching the video clip of uh, how to make this chickpea soup or something. I'm like, chickpea is boring as hell, but they've made it seem so exciting and fun and accessible that I can do this. Um, so that's another extreme. Somewhere in between Christie and Food 52, I look at um, uh, Weathered, I think it's Weathered Soul uh, Brewery out of San Antonio, Texas. I don't know if the world gives, gives credit to Weathered Souls, but they are the business behind the significant national collaborative Black is Beautiful beer, where they had hundreds of breweries across the U.S. brewing their recipe for Black is Beautiful. And it started with them. And if you go to the website, Black is Beautiful, um, halfway down the page, you see a mention of Weathered Souls. But they built it up in acknowledging that this moment in time is bigger than their brewery. But the goodwill of that will definitely come back to that business. Um, so those are those are some good examples. If I go to a fun one, when COVID hit, I'm like, all right, I can't go to the gym. I got to do something. And I started following uh, jump rope dudes and jump rope dudes. They, they make it fun to like get into jumping a rope and, and, and they challenge me because they come up with these like boxer jump ropes. Like, dude, I can't do that. Um, but, <laughs> but they make it, they try to calibrate it in a way that a new beginner can jump in an advanced jumper can come in. Uh, and it's all about, you know, jumping rope. And I like, kind of like the name jump rope dudes. And then I think of this one moment, and these are guys that somewhere in Santa Monica, someplace in Southern California. Um, yes, I put some judgment in that Southern California, whatever. But <laughs> um, all the sun and whatever, they're happy. Um, but it's a it's a light exercise, YouTube, um, and they keep it fresh. But one day he had a serious moment and he talked about... Uh, the importance of recognizing that all lives do matter. And he talked about um, Black Lives Matter and the movement. And it caught me off guard because I wasn't expecting it from an exercise YouTube channel. Uh, and he actually said in there, it's like, all right, I'm being vulnerable. We're being vulnerable. We're addressing this. And we know that we might, we might lose one or two of you out there that are watching this, but we have to acknowledge that this is important to us. So I appreciated that that light place of exercise went to a serious place of social dilemma right now and addressed it because it's there. Those are, uh, those are great, uh, examples, Rodney. And I, um, it's just provoking a, a bonus question, uh, if you don't mind. Um, this, uh, this conversation has been, been great, uh, really uh, informative. Um, and it, it's kind of led me to, to want to ask you, you know, vulnerability you've talked about, you know, awareness, um, uh, humanity, those are themes that are emerging from, you know, the stories that you're telling. And I'm just curious how you bring that back to, to the work that you do and, and your approach to leadership and, and, um, you know, how you, how you lead your organization, lead your business. How do you kind of bring, bring those, those themes into the day to day? Um, it's, 
You know, it's it's interesting. I mean, it's it sounds simple, and it also seems like possibly delusional to say this, um, but I actually I more often than not come back to our mission. Yeah, and I will push us to be true to what our mission is, and the importance of that for me, and and I hope it is true for the team is, you know, the words build stronger community to inspire bigger dreams for all, it means something in that the notion of building stronger community means that there's a weakness in how we're defining community now. Mm-hmm. And, and it's, and building bigger dreams for all, the implication there is that some of us don't have access to bigger dreams and there's an injustice that's there. And so the for all part of that sentence is a critical one for us. And so when I think about um, the community that we're in for, for, um, for brewing, you know, we are one of less than 70 African-American-owned breweries in a pool of 8,000 plus. Wow. Um, there are, I think there are less than 25 women-owned breweries in a pool of 8,000. And you think of the ripple effect of that and who, who they have as suppliers. And so I'm extremely intentional and it's again, mission driven that wherever we can, we will have women and BIPOC people of color suppliers for us. All of our artwork for our labels, cans will be women and people of color because it is about how do we make this industry more inclusive uh, and more reflective of America. Um, and so that's, that's what fuels my energy and spirit around what we're doing here. And I'm hoping that when I raise the questions with my team about where they're sourcing from, who are we working with, that they're beginning to internalize these questions so that I can actually stop asking some of those questions. And then when we work with, you know, Sky, uh, Sky Island Farm, I think it's Sky Island Farm, um, out of Hokriam, a uh, African-American owned organic farm, you know, the fact that when I went to him and said, we want to use your strawberries and blueberries for a beer and, and, and don't get me wrong, we're not going to make a lot of weird fruity beers, but. Um, I, I like but, those beers. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> we're still working on you. Um, Moving on. <laughs> so. When I, when I went to Bill and said, we want to brew a, a collaborative beer with him, he actually got emotional because he's like, I love beer and no one's ever asked me to do that. And I'm like, well, that's wrong. Um, and so, and so that's a part of, that's, that's what fuels me. And that's what hopefully fuels the team. That, uh, that's really inspiring, Rodney. Thank you. And uh, you can uh, come by anytime to tell a bunch of stories. This is, uh, it's been great. Yeah. This has been, yeah. Thank Rodney. Thanks so much for joining us today. I mean, this is, this is, um, you know, uh, it was a little bit of a different conversation for the topic we normally cover, but it, it was probably more important to customer relationships, uh, and brand building t- than anything else we'll ever talk about. So thanks so much. The, the only other, th- can I say one more thing? Yeah. Cause I, 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 there's probably something more that should be said about business and, and a proof point of like why this works. So I, so I think once COVID hit, your, your main, our main line of communication with our customers was online. 
Um, even our phone system wasn't the great system, so no one should ever call our the business here. So it was it was it was principally online. And if you think about the fact that we were mostly communicating and and even having a reservation system for a brewery, which seems absurd. Um, but I will say on a given Saturday right now, we're booked because of reservations that's through Tuck. So again, all online. And you know, and I went into COVID just nervous. Like I, I knew we would survive it, and that may have been naively believing so. Um, but when I look recently at year over year, um, our profits, and, uh, our revenue from June, from January to June, we were up over ninety percent for Amazing. year over year revenue. That's great. And I've and I've got to credit our how we've used the you know the web internet social media all of those vehicles to engage and communicate with our customers uh and to the point of even gift certificates that are purchased online from us aren't just gift certificates that are purchased from customers here in washington state They're, they've been all over the world and people going online to get gift certificates for us so and then we did a kickstarter and some other things um that that's yeah. great and for and for our listeners how do they find uh find you online uh, so it's metierbrewing.com and metier for those who don't know the word or not terribly familiar with it. The spelling is M is in Mary, E-T-I-E-R. And the loose translation of metier is one's calling, one's destiny. Nice. That's awesome. Well, thanks, Rodney. Um, that has, uh, I couldn't, you couldn't have brought it home in a better way than that. And um, uh, it's just been great having you here. Thank you. Thank you, guys. This has been fun. Thanks. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you, Rodney. Uh, well, folks, that is the uh, show for today. Uh, stay tuned for next week when we're joined by another customer-focused leader. Until then, take care and uh, check out metierbrewing.com. Thanks so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. For more information on what Adam and Ben are building with their teams, visit brightloom.com and follow them on Twitter at Adam Brotman and at B Straley.